1: The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Always a pleasure to visit with our friend Josh Pick on Money Monday. Josh is with Aptus Wealth Management, Lewis Center, and he hosts the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show, 4 p.m. Saturdays here on the answer and a great way for you to get more insight into the markets why is that important well because i think we all hope to retire at some point in time we all hope to have enough money to pay off our house pay our bills managing your wealth is important you work hard for it you should preserve as much of it as you can grow as much of it as you can and that is what aptus wealth management is all about so always great to catch up with josh on a monday and check things as uh, they relate to our finances so the biggest number i saw last week was the jobs report uh it was painted as a good report four hundred thirty one thousand new jobs even though it was under estimates, So uh, I think we're still 2 million jobs under. I just kind of wonder, is there a number that, you know, you say, oh, today this number's coming out, pay attention to it. There are numbers everywhere. Like what what metric on the economy makes sense uh, to you? What number do you look at, Josh, or is there just one?
2: I wouldn't say there's any particular number, and you're right, that there's a million of them. And Even as you start looking at those numbers, they get very convoluted, don't they? You hear people say, oh, the jobs report looks great but that doesn't include, you know, the unemployment <laughs> uh, number looks great, but that doesn't include the people that aren't even looking for work. Yeah. So how do you really d- decipher what all of these numbers mean? And and all I can tell you is is if you take all of them holistically, that can give you a pretty good pulse as to what the economy is doing right now. So clearly, if we're not creating new jobs and the unemployment is really, really high, then that's not good for the overall economy. Does that mean that it, it is necessarily a a predetermined guaranteed factor that the stock market is going to plummet or that investments aren't going to do well. Of course not, but I think it it at least is uh, a word of caution that you should start looking at things and and, uh, evaluating.
1: So there's a lot of talk out of the administration that the economy is roaring back. Uh, I see that, you know, the numbers are still job-wise before the pandemic. We had 19, I think we had 2 million more jobs than we have right now. Uh, But that could just be normal. Like, I don't think everybody, like, wakes up one morning and says, okay, we're all going back to work. So do you feel like the market's healthy, or does that lag between what jobs we had before and the jobs we have now? Does that indicate anything to you, consumer confidence, or anything beyond just straight comparison of job numbers then to job numbers now?
2: Um, I mean, I think it's an indicator, but there's a lot of other things that mean a lot more to me and I think mean a lot more to investors. I think you know, interest rates, for example, would have a much larger impact on the overall stock market performance or your retirement funds than say the jobs report. Um, you know, consumer confidence is obviously a powerful one uh, in the short run, but, you know, we're, we're paying more attention to what is the value of the U S dollar, uh, the strength of the dollar, how is, uh, international trade, uh, where is, uh, like I said, interest rates, where are price to earnings ratios on companies? What are their economic forecasts more so than I would say jobs reports. Now, that's not to say, Bruce, that people being employed isn't important. I just don't believe that it registers uh, necessarily in the top
1: five, even. Josh Pick is our guest. Money Mondays, the segment we do it every Monday, twelve thirty. Josh is with Aptus Wealth Management. Their number is six one four nine one seven ten forty. They are located on the web at Aptis, aptus a p t u s aptuswealth dot com, and they are in business to help you get to retirement and be happy with where you are. You're working hard. You're trying to save, or you should be. Those principles are something that a consultation with Josh and his team will help ingrain and underscore the importance of. So reach out, get that free consultation. You will get not just great knowledge to set you up for the future, but also a $25 gift card to patronize local businesses. And you can reach out again at 614-917-1040 or at AptusWealth, A-P-T-U-S, AptusWealth.com. You mentioned interest rates. The Fed says they're going to raise interest rates, I think they said, six more times this year. I heard today instead of the quarter-point rate hike, they might go half a point. I've got a friend who's looking for a house, and he's like, you know, we think we have a budget that should be able to get us a certain house, and houses are selling way over, and we can't find a house. And people's wealth often, Josh, is, at retirement is is tied up in their house. So do you see another housing bubble coming, or what should buyers or people who actually have paid their house off and have that as, have it as an asset, what should they be aware of in these current economic conditions?
2: Yeah, this is certainly a huge topic of conversation. And, and is there a housing bubble coming? And, and of course, we could speculate and say that there is, but the numbers don't seem to be pointing that way. And I think we we have a lot of trepidation about a housing bubble because of what we saw back in 08-09. However, uh, it is a much uh, different economy today. People's uh, equity in their homes, for example, is much higher. We have a supply issue that's driving up prices. We have a uh, a, a pretty uh, we have a rising interest rate environment, and they're still staying propped up so you know, con- compare and contrast that back to two thousand eight two thousand and nine where interest rates were actually higher than they are today. Supply was going crazy, but there was this kind of artificial superficial boom occurring in the housing market because property values continue to climb i don 't see that today. But what I do see um, is people having a very difficult time finding houses, which I feel the pain there. That's uh, that's certainly a struggle. I think that houses will become less affordable and things will stall out in the growth of housing because of the rise in interest rates. I don't necessarily mean that that's going to point to a retreat in the value of homes, but it will make them less affordable and should slow the growth. But I think something else that people should take a look at is I have all this equity in my home. I am reti- – I'm, I'm looking at retirement and maybe my nest egg is falling a little short. How could I potentially use the equity in my home to help supplement my retirement income? And there's a myriad of ways you can do that, one being perhaps you take a, a HECM loan, which is uh, kind of like a home equity line of credit in a, the form of a reverse mortgage. Mm. And you can use that for you know, ongoing income. You can use it for a lump sum. You can do a lot of things with it. But the other thing that you could do uh, is through downsizing, moving to a different part of the country, uh, if that's something you're looking at doing. But I think that you shouldn't just view your home and all this equity that has occurred very, very recently in your home as just a dead asset. How could I potentially utilize that uh, to help me in my retirement? doesn't mean you have to, but know that it's available to you.
1: You know, you mentioned reverse mortgage, and, and I think that's such a expansive topic that it requires more time than we have today. We'll put that on the table for next week because I do want to talk – with you about that we're speaking with josh pick of aptus wealth management 614-917-1040 they're located in lewis center ready to meet with you a free consultation gets you a 25 five dollar gift card you can also set that up on the web at aptus wealth management aptus aptus wealth management you mentioned the 2008 housing bubble and what i remember about that is that the process through which you went to get a loan was basically hey i'd like a loan okay like they didn't vet anything. I mean, I'm simplifying it, but it was—it's a lot harder to get a loan now. You got to really qualify for one now. So that shows growth, right? Smarter. We're getting smarter. And I'm not trying to give you a fastball in your wheelhouse, and I'm trying to set you up. Does government that sets a lot of these policies? Do you see since 2008, not just on housing, but on you know inflation, blah blah blah, whatever. Do you see them getting smarter, learning from past mistakes? Because history can be valuable when it comes to managing not just individual wealth, but the wealth of a nation and the prosperity of a nation.
2: Uh, I do see them getting smarter, but I don't think that that solves the entire problem. I think as a, as a country, as a culture, um, you know, I can include you and I in this, unfortunately, Bruce, but it seems in general that we have very short-term memories. And by short-term, I mean, you know, we might remember 10 years, maybe even 20 years, but it's the 40-year, the 30-year stuff that I feel like we tend to forget. So, for example, let's use your, your housing uh, uh, example there. And, and you know, we, In 2008, 2009, which wasn't that long ago, with a housing bubble, do I think that we're smarter now when it comes to housing than we were then? Absolutely. Do I think that we're necessarily smarter as it, come, as it relates to interest rates and inflation? Well, the last time that we've been in an environment like we're looking at today, and arguably its purest form, was all the way back in the 70s. Well, a lot of people that are making the decisions or you know, financial planners who are basing your retirement income on that certainly weren't around back in the 1970s uh, doing business. So I think you know we, lo- we lose some of those long-term lessons as it relates to a myriad of things, financial, war-related, et cetera. But We'll see. You know, the most recent example would be, you know, the Will Smith issue, right? Mm. Uh, Right now, it's the end of the world. I wonder how much we're talking about that in two or three years. And the economy and government is no different. So I am concerned that they're not learning, they're not uh, heeding the long-term warnings. But we do get improvements in the five, ten-year range for
1: sure. Josh Pick is our guest, Money Monday this segment. Aptus Wealth Management is Josh's firm. You can reach him at 614-917-1040. Why? Because managing your wealth is important. I assume you've invested your time, your effort, your talents, your gifts in building some wealth, and you want to preserve that, grow it, be ready for retirement. That's what Aptus Wealth specializes in. He hosts the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show Saturdays at 4 p.m. here on The Answer, and you can get a hold of Josh and his team to set up your free consultation at 614-917-1040 or at aptiswealth.com. So I hear all the time there's like these very disparate views of the economy, and some people say, no, nah, you spend all you want, and it doesn't really matter, and you don't have to pay it back and all that, and then there are others, who are, no, no, there's a day of reckoning coming. Has history given us perspective on differing schools of economic thought and which is wise and prudent and which is not? Or why do those kinds of debates continue to rage because I would tend to think, Josh, that history would be one thing that could prove this way works, this way doesn't.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, over time we've, we've carried, uh, if you speak specifically about deficit spending, for example, in the country going into debt consistently time over time, um, you know, we don't have a lot of examples uh, that I can think of, at least globally, where countries have succeeded in the long run with long-term deficit spending. Um, and you would you would look at that and heed the warning and say, well, you know, we, we can't point to a time where this has worked before, so why would we think that it works now? We can't point to a time where um, armies, for example, have stretched around the globe for long periods of time, think Rome, without it coming back to bite them. That said, we also haven't had as much of a global economy as we have had up to this point. Right. So unfortunately, I would say our ability to maintain our deficit spending level is largely contingent upon our ability to keep our place in the world stage, meaning the U.S. currency is still the world currency, meaning that we're still uh, arguably the most powerful nation in the world. If that starts to slip, my fear is that it could be a very uh, catastrophic house of cards if that were to occur. Now, fortunately, I'm not uh, coming at this from a point of, of you know being fearful or saying that's going to happen in the next two weeks. But what I am saying is that I think that spending does need to be reined in. I think that um, the rise in interest rates not only affects the consumer, but it affects the debt at the federal level. So there's some challenges certainly ahead of us. And if you're only looking at, let's say, in your retirement portfolio, for, uh, portfolio excuse me, stocks and bonds, and that's it, um, you could be in for a wild ride.
1: Well, it's uh, certainly an Unspecified future out there for a lot of people, and it's making a lot of people nervous, particularly if you thought you had your retirement ordered well. And now conditions are changing, inflation's a relatively new development. Uh, that is why a professional makes a difference in these kinds of matters. Josh and his team are fantastic. Aptus Wealth Management 614 917 1040 Aptus Retirement. Blueprint Radio Show on Saturdays at 4 p.m. here on The Answer. Their website is aptuswealth.com. Always great to catch up with you. We will table that discussion about reverse mortgages next week because I'm assuming there might be a lot of people who could be in that situation. So I look forward to talking with you about that then, Josh. Sounds great. Thanks, Bruce. So I had a lot of conversations over the weekend, some with my wife, some with friends at church, about the whole fallout of the parents' rights and education bill in Florida. Ron DeSantis standing up for families, standing up for parents. Disney coming out and making no bones about the fact that it wants this law overturned. Laws never should have passed, that it will work to overturn it. What does the law say? Well, it doesn't say what the left says it says, which is you can't say the word gay. The word gay is not in the bill. Hopefully you know that by now. If you do know that by now, it means you're listening to the right conservative news sources. But what the bill does is it prohibits instructing kids in sexual identity and gender ideology when they're kindergartners, first, second, or third graders. That's what the law prevents. And that's what Disney's fighting against. That's what Disney is fighting against. Okay. So the questions I had with friends were, why would Disney do that? Like, Disney knows we're a pretty fractured nation, half Republican, half Democrat. I don't even think all Democrats approve of (laughs) indoctrinating kids in sexual and gender ideology, sexual identity, when they're in first, second, third grade, and kindergarten. Why would they do this? And I said they do it because they're not afraid of losing your business because where else are you going to go? How many of you are going to cancel Disney Plus? Even in my family, and I have wonderful, wonderful daughters, they're conservative. They see the nonsense out there. They understand why it's nonsense from a biblical perspective. Yet, still, when they were like, well, really, we're going to cancel Disney Plus? Like, really? I'm like, yeah. And I'm enlisting their help in the battle, and you got to get people to help you in the battle. But the Disney thing, for me, even, and I thought I understood it, gains greater weight. When you listen to Vivek Ramaswamy, Now, Vivek Ramaswamy is a guy who's on Fox a lot. He's a really, really smart guy. Harvard graduate, author of the book, Woke Inc. Inside Corporate America's Social Justice Scam, which was published in August of 2021. This guy circulates in these circles. He's been a partner in a Wall Street investment firm, co-founded a technology company. He... Is on Fox News with Will Kane. And Vivek Ramaswamy explains why Disney is doing what Disney is doing. It's because of who Disney is beholden to. And it's not beholden to you and me. And it's not even beholden to the left parents
3: who like this stuff. It's beholden to somebody else a lot bigger and a lot more ominous. Yeah, so let me give you some insight. And this may actually even be confusing to a lot of people who see Disney doing business in countries ranging from Japan to cruise lines going to islands in the Caribbean where gay marriage is banned, where they don't say a peep. Why is that? So a lot of people look at the situation and think that CEO Bob Chapek was bending the knee to 20 employees who complained about him and are confused about why he's doing it. There's a quieter under, undercurrent here, too, Will. If you look at who are the top shareholders of Disney, it is BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard, the three largest asset managers in the United States who collectively manage over $20 trillion, by the way, that's more than the GDP of the United States, who are the shareholders, technically the bosses of the CEOs who quietly tell them that exactly these are the kinds of social agendas that they want to see them pushing. So hmm. actually, if you're a CEO in a public company today, you find yourself sandwiched not just between your progressive woke employees and people who on the outside wonder why are they bending the knee to them. It's that when you look at your alleged bosses, the quote unquote shareholders, they're actually quietly whispering in your ear that they want to see you doing the same things, too. So it runs or maybe not quietly whispering in your ear.
1: So I've heard the name BlackRock, and I started looking up BlackRock, and the numbers are unbelievable. BlackRock has $10 trillion in assets that it manages. That it manages. They reported a net income of $1.6 billion this past quarter. This past quarter. You know what else BlackRock owns? BlackRock owns Coke, Pepsi, Johnson & Johnson, Unilever, Procter & Gamble, Heinz, all those items you see on the shelves of your stores, if in fact your stores' shelves are not empty in Joe Biden's economy, come from companies owned by BlackRock. And so last week, remember, I was talking about this, like, where do these crazy organizations get all their money to donate to woke lobbyists? They get it from the products you and I buy. So again, I've said, I'm on a search for safe consumer products. Safe. Did you see? They're recalling suave deodorant. It's got benzene in it. They're recalling Jiffy peanut butter. I think it's Jiffy peanut butter. It's got steel shavings in it. So I'm on the hunt for safe products. And by safe, I don't just mean, you know, not full of benzene and toxic chemicals and junk like that. But safe from the fact that if that company profits from our dollar, it will not give that money to people who hate us. My friend recommended last week Dollywood for your vacation. Okay? Don't go to Disneyland. Go to Dollywood. I've recommended consider at least um, Gatlinburg over Orlando. You got ideas? Let me know. Bruce at 9890answer.com.